from the hymn, People Look East, The Time Is Near, that our organist and pianist Larry just played, an Advent carol by the 19th century English author Eleanor Fargin. People, look east. The time is near of the crowning of the year. People, look east and sing today. Love, the guest, is on the way. Love, the rose, is on the way. Love, the star, is on the way. Love, the Lord, is on the way. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Almost exactly two years ago, on December 26, 2021, I stood in this pulpit on the first Sunday after Christmas as a visiting priest. Drawing on a line from T.S. Eliot's play, Murder in the Cathedral, I took Eliot's words between Christmas and Easter, what work shall be done, and used them as a springboard to explore how we could all deepen our faith and our Christian witness during the upcoming seasons of Epiphany and Lent. I said then, and I quote, in the next few days, try to find some time to prayerfully reflect on what interior work you are going to do in your private life in the coming weeks and months between Christmas and Easter. What work needs to be done in the coming months, both collectively and individually? as we all move from the crib in Bethlehem to the cross at Golgotha. Two years ago, the Russian invasion of Ukraine had not yet occurred. What passes for peace in the Middle East was in place. Yes, the Omicron variant was sweeping through communities that holiday season, but there had been COVID vaccines for almost a year, and people were starting to see the light at the end of the pandemic tunnel. Fast forward two years, and here we are on the final day of the secular calendar and the first Sunday after the Feast of the Nativity of our Lord. Just a few days ago, Russia launched its largest air attack on Ukraine since the war began. Over 150 missiles and drones hit almost 130 cities, towns, and villages across Ukraine. The death toll is over 40 and rising. Today, mentioning the words peace and the Middle East in the same sentence seems almost impossible, a cruel joke. And COVID is still with us. A different variant this time around, something called JN1, but one that continues to make people ill, 
and to cause hospitalizations and, yes, even death. In the midst of so much pain and loss, it is easy to become fearful, to lose sight of the light that shines in the darkness. Today's lectionary readings remain the same every year for the first Sunday after Christmas, year after year. And each year, these readings move us from experiencing the joy of the miraculous coming of the baby Jesus to starting to grapple with the cosmic word of God that somehow has become flesh. The writer of the Gospel of John tells us that the word was in the beginning. The word was with God. The word was God. In him was life and the life was the light of all people. And the author adds, the light shines in the darkness. God only knows that we need all the light we can get in our 21st century world. And if we're really honest with ourselves, doesn't it sometimes seem as if the darkness of what people do to each other and to themselves, sooner or later might just put out the light? But John says of the light that is Christ, and the darkness has not overcome it. Note the use of the present tense, not the past tense. The darkness has not overcome it. That's the gospel which is indeed good news. We need to know and be reminded that there is something that cannot be overcome by the darkness of this world's death and destruction. For in today's gospel passage, we are told that not only does God care about us and the world, God's creation, but God acts in and on that caring. God is aware of the darkness which we face in this world, but God's promise then and now is that the darkness has not, cannot, and will not overcome God's light. God shining in and through Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. God understands what it means to be human. God identifies completely with our lives, our journeys, and yes, our struggles. The second century church father, Saint Irenaeus, put it this way, and I quote, the word of God Jesus Christ, on account of his great love for humanity, became what we are in order to make us what he is himself. 
And our goal as Christians, as beloved children of God, is to strive to become fully human as Jesus was fully human, to live a life with Christ on a daily basis, to identify ourselves with those for whom Jesus lived and died, to try to become one with them as Jesus has become one with each and every one of us. Jesus revealed God as God is, and our role as Christians in this ongoing story is to continue that revelation through who we are. But just how do we do that when we often feel enveloped by fear? Well, Scripture is filled with fear. Adam and Eve are afraid to see God in the Garden of Eden after they've been disobedient. Mary is fearful at the appearance of the angel Gabriel, who comforts her with, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And surely Mary and Joseph were afraid as they traveled to Bethlehem for the census and to give birth in a strange place. But instead of being overcome by their fears, Mary and Joseph moved closer to God and closer to one another. We often hear that the opposite of fear is faith. But how many times have you felt anxious, even afraid, yet also simultaneously sensed a deep abiding peace and had faith that God would not abandon you, that God was in fact with you in the midst of all of the mess. And so I have come to believe that the opposite of fear is love. And Christian love, the way of love, is something our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, has focused on throughout his almost nine-year tenure. My friend, mentor, and fellow priest, the Reverend Dr. John Bedingfield, is rector of the Episcopal Church of the Holy Trinity in Manhattan. He had this to say about fear, and I quote it at length because it so encapsulates my own beliefs and my own understanding of Scripture regarding love. Father Bedingfield comments, so often I hear people say that the opposite of fear is faith, and I suppose it feels that way sometimes. But for me, even at my most fearful, I've still had faith, and I want to resist falling into the trap of somehow thinking that if I just have enough faith, there will be no fear. 
Father Bedingfield continues, the opposite of fear is not faith. It's love. And so when we're afraid, we can do at least two things. We can do a loving act, and we can make a loving prayer. We can act in love to help someone, to call someone, to send an email, to share a special moment, or share resources if we are able. And we can make a loving prayer. Picture someone in your mind's eye, perhaps our beloved Madeline, who's is being checked out by medical professionals, probably as we speak, and pray that they, that she, would feel and know God's love. And send a prayer of love to those people and places we see in the news every day that break our hearts. And send a loving prayer across the way in a store or on the sidewalk or during the service. Father Bedingfield concludes, whether it's fear of economic insecurity or war, fear of losing those we love or of environmental changes, or even if it's a vague, ambiguous fear we can't even quite put into words, God invites us closer into love, to receive love, and to share love. There is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out all fear." End quote. When the Word became flesh and lived among us and was full of grace and truth, Jesus was also so full, full to overflowing of love. And the Gospel of John tells us that the light shines in the darkness. Note again the use of the present tense, shines, not shone. Jesus' light and love came into the world over two millennia ago, and they are present today in our broken, wounded world. Remember that Advent carol, People look east, the time is near, that Larry played on the piano, and some of whose lyrics I shared at the start of this sermon. As we move through Christmastide and into the season of Epiphany, let us pledge to focus on God's abiding love. And let us take the liberty of rewriting those well-known lyrics to something along the lines of, people, look around, the time is here of the crowning of the year. People, sing today. Love, the guest, is here. Love, the rose, is here. Love, the star, is here. Love, 
the Lord is here, right here, in our hearts, in our congregation, in our communities, our country, our world. What we just need to do is to walk in love as Christ loves us. Amen.